This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 45. In this episode, the moms share part two of their interview with Mary Beth Buckroth, the inappropriate homeschooler and founder of the National Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers. <laughs> mom, where's my mask? Honey, where's my glasses? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and here's the, the Savvy, savvy Homeschool Moms. So Tina, what's the time code to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 29 minutes, 58 seconds. So we asked on our Facebook page what your thoughts are on our new format. As you may have noticed, we changed it recently. And we got a lot of great feedback, but we want some more. So far, it seems that our listeners like the old format better, but only by a narrow margin. So please drop us a line, leave us a voicemail, or comment on the Facebook page and let us know which format you like better. So just to remind you guys, the old format is having the weekly catch-up, books of the week, and all of that sort of thing before the main topic. And the new format is having catch-up, main topic, and then all of those books of the week and things at the end. So let us know which one you like better. So Becky, what have you guys been up to since our last episode? It has been a while since our last recording. Our apologies. <laughs> um, but I was having a very, very rough month with repeated migraines. Um, in fact, it was bad enough that I actually finally broke down and went to the doctor. And um, then I started on some new meds, which were fantastic and made me very loopy. <laughs> I literally felt like I was on the, the deck of a ship quite often when I was walking through my house. And so um, it took a little while to get over that. And as I mentioned on the Facebook page, it's really hard to be funny when you can't remember words. <laughs> so, but I'm back now. And as I was saying earlier, 17 days migraine free, yeah. which is like a really long streak for me, which is fantastic. And um, things are going really well. So yay. And thank you for all the positive thoughts everyone shared on the Facebook page. I really appreciate it. Um, Jack and I have been working on All About Reading and loving it. Um, I mentioned before that I had won the curriculum, and I'm thinking it's worth it to go ahead and purchase the next level when he finishes this one, because he's actually doing really quite well with it, awesome. and he actually enjoys it, which is strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally trying to get him to do anything that has to do with reading is like pulling teeth, but um, he really enjoys doing this, so it's kind of awesome. Very good. So I'm trying to get organized for fall. I'm not doing nearly as much as you are, goodness gracious. <laughs> but I'm slowly cleaning out the cabinets and straightening up the storage supply. And I'm trying to make a list of what I need to get for school supplies when they go on clearance later on. No. Normally, I don't make a list and I come home with all sorts of stuff. And then I find out <laughs> that I have 700 pencils. Oh, I know. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yes. So um, I'm going to be trying to be good. And it's hard because I'm like a kid in a candy store when I get oh, it. Yeah. You know, the school supplies, I get all excited. Um, <laughs> especially <laughs> when they're on clearance. I go crazy with notebooks. My, my, my downfall is notebooks because they always have such cute notebooks. I'm like, oh, I have to get that one. And yeah. That one. 
I'm the same way. And then like I let the kids pick their folders every year because it, usually by the end of the year, their folders are falling apart. And I always let them pick their folders. And then I pick a few for myself too, you know, and, and uh, so I end up with way too many folders. And so I, like in my cabinet on the bottom shelf, I have a stack of new folders that we didn't use from previous years. Like I have Star Wars ones in there and Avengers and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to have to pull all that out and add that to my count so that I don't pick up too many this time. Yeah. And Danny is completely in heaven with the new desk that we got from you. <laughs> That's awesome. She loves it. She has her own space to work and to store her art supplies and Very everything. Cool. Now she goes in a room and closes the door and like, don't come in here. Because <laughs> she used to just have one of those ones that you like see on the infomercials that fold flat and, uh-huh. you know, store behind your couch. But now she's, you know, got drawers and everything. Right. And, it's important to have drawers. Yes, I agree. It is. <laughs> and uh, you and I and a bunch of our other friends went to Fresno Aerosports last week, which is so fun. It's so well, okay. Um, <laughs> it's one of those places, and for those of you who don't know, it's one of those places that have like wall to wall trampolines. Yep. And um, so I, I did great with the trampolines. I was jumping, I was having fun and everything. And then I had the brilliant idea to go and check on my son, who I saw over in the dodgeball area. And I was a little concerned. Even though Adam was in there with him, I still was a little concerned. Uh-huh. So while I was walking on the little paths in between the trampolines, uh-huh. I sprained my ankle. Yeah, how did you do that? Because I, I missed that. Did okay. you just slip off of it or something? No, the, those pads are on like a metal bar. And uh-huh. I stepped right on the edge where it goes from solid metal. Stepped. Yeah, I just stepped down wrong because I stepped down where it goes from solid metal bar to squishy pad and trampoline. And um, so I went Good down. Job. Yeah. And I was so proud of me because I laid there on that trampoline for a few minutes going, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And then oh. I got myself up and walked all the way around to where our other friends were sitting uh-huh. and sat down and uh, still managed to not cry. Well, so, at least nobody witnessed it, though, huh? <laughs> I, well, some of the people that were there, I'm sure, did, but none of them knew well, me. But none so. of your friends. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody witnessed me fall. So, <laughs> Yeah, you did a good one, too. How's your knee? It's finally healing, but I took off quite a few layers of skin from my knee. I was, that was brilliant, just brilliant. I'm like jumping from one trampoline to the next over those divider things. And obviously I must have misjudged because my foot probably hit one of those little divider things. And I just smacked down on my knee and my face. Well, I didn't hit my face and my arms caught me, but I was heading for my face. Oh, my. <laughs> and Tiffany's like, I go, did you see that? She's like, yep. <laughs> husband's right there like literally within inches of me and I'm like yeah thanks for helping me out he's like well you didn't actually really hurt yourself badly I'm like well except my knee yeah (laughs) her husband was there and he did look very concerned as I limped by the dodgeball oh did he yes yes he he was like are you okay and I'm like yep I'm fine fine." you know so um here it is what a week and two days later and my ankle is a several beautiful colors of purple Oh, nice. And um, I'll consider it healed when I can actually see my ankle bone. Right. <laughs> I still can't. So, um, but it's getting better and um, I, I'm able to use it a little bit more now than I was uh, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tina, how about you? What have you been up to? Well, as you mentioned, I've been kicking butt with my, what did I call it? The great summer purge and clean, yes. which I've gotten off track the last couple of weeks, but for the first 
a month, I think. Um, I was kicking butt, and I had pictures up, and I was like, I went through my house like a whirlwind, and I decluttered like you wouldn't believe. I was actually really happy, too, when I got to certain areas in my house, because I, I, last year I was, I, I have this, this um, policy with myself where it's like, okay, I have the schedule, but I'm not going to upset, because I tend to obsess and like, fall behind and then keep trying to catch up and keep trying to catch up and like that just snowballs and then you get to the point where you're so far behind it kind of discourages you definitely discourages you so i i I made a rule to my for myself that whatever happens during that day the next day i'm just starting with the next thing on my list i'm not going to go back unless i finish that day's work and i stuck to that so there were some things i didn't finish and i was okay with that but um so i did the same thing last year and so there were certain areas that I didn't really get to completely. Like I did some of it, but I didn't do all of it. But when I got in there this year, I'm like, there's not that much to purge in here. I actually already did like certain areas, not every every bit of my house, because there's still lots of areas in my house that are very cluttered, but still working on that. But like when I got to, you know, like the closets in the hallway and stuff, I was just like, I did get rid of a bunch of things from in there, but it wasn't as much as I was expected. I was yeah. like, this is awesome. And my bookshelves in the living room, because those are areas that don't really get used regularly. Mm-hmm. Those stayed in fine. They're, they were, I mean, I rearranged them a little bit because I had some new ideas about how to rearrange them. But other than that, I didn't do a whole lot of purging in here because I had already gotten rid of most of the books that I wanted to get rid of. So, Although I do find as the years go on, I'm able to part with more. Yes. So that's really cool. Like last year, I might not have been able to part with certain things. But this year, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> so it's working really well. And I'm thinking actually, because when I got to the outside, it was 100 and God knows what. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm not I did the shed because it was big pickup. I think I talked about that last episode. But um, but I couldn't get to the rest of the yard. And so I was just thinking today, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to schedule the yard over the summer. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm going to schedule the the yard like uh, I'm thinking Thanksgiving break, maybe, because we don't really do anything during Thanksgiving break and we get a whole week off. So, right. So I think that's what I'll do. I think I'll just plan on doing the yard during the and it seems to work really well for me to to like plot out each zone, each area, because, you know, I'm so horrible at keeping up any kind of a schedule. But when it's short term like this, like I only had. 12 weeks you know and I had to squeeze it into 12 weeks and I made you know I broke it down in such a way that it it actually worked for me so it's working so I'm going to keep doing it and figure out how I can apply that to other things in life too you have (laughs) such a chronic fear of schedules it's hilarious to me I just it's not really the fear it's just I cannot do it I just cannot maintain because like I'll start but I, I can't maintain long term if there's no end I can't I can't do it yeah. And I've discovered a year plan doesn't work for me either. So I need to do it like month by month. I need to replan every month and try to keep continuing it. But I need to, re- like, I can't do it long term. It's just, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bounce around too much and I, I, um, I don't have an attention span for that. So, <laughs> but I did really, really good. Um, and I just this week was looking at, actually just today, I went through my schedule again, and I'm supposed to be working on the bedrooms this week, but after the birthday party <laughs> um, this weekend, the house and the yard still needed a lot of um, recouping from the messy party, yeah. <laughs> So, and I just didn't have it in me, and I had two migraines this week too, so I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to let this week just be catch up on whatever I feel up to catching up on. And then I squished everything else into the last week of the purge. Cause next week is going to be 
the last week of my house. And then I will do, um, I think it's two or three weeks. I forget how many weeks it is. I guess it's, let's see, next week. Yeah, two weeks. Um, because we start again on 18, three weeks. Okay, so then I have three weeks to be able to work on homeschool planning. So I'll take that full three weeks for, for planning. And then I, hopefully everything will be organized and ready to go. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but the birthday party was a blast. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was surprised you came. I seriously didn't expect you to come. Because <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Me- Becky and Messy just don't go together. No, they really, really don't. <laughs> she starts to twitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I still, I'll always remember the art class that you had to sit outside because you couldn't handle sitting in there and watching your kids get messy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're like, with a book so that you could distract yourself from what's going on in the room. <laughs> yeah. That always cracks me up. But um, yeah, so the party theme was messy. And oh boy, did we get messy. (laughs) I had to throw Jack's shirt away. Did you? Yes. (laughs) Oh, how funny. But uh, yeah, we did. Let's see, we did. Of course, we had water. It was very hot. Um, But my backyard is shaded, luckily, so it wasn't too bad. But I think it was, I don't think it got to 100, though. I'm not sure. I think it was like 98, 99. So which for us is tolerable. Yeah. (laughs) So, um. And we did water, of course. We did lots of squirting. And I found these really cool water sticks at the Dollar Tree that ended up being a huge hit because they just suck. It's basically like a like a syringe. You suck up the water in it and squirt it at people. And we had buckets of colored water. We put food coloring in water all over the yard. And I didn't think that it was going to really color their their shirts very well but it really did yes. <laughs> and my shirt was like all tie-dye looking when it was done I don't think it'll last I'm sure to wash probably most of it'll wash out but um or at least not enough to where it'll be bright anymore but um and then we had um oblic which, which is cornstarch and water in a in a little baby pool with with um some colored uh some liquid water color to make it colored and we had I made a brand new kind of of flubber, which I was so excited about. I had read about it online. I was looking for one that stretched more because I usually do the borax kind. Mm. And when I was looking for ideas for flubber or gack, it depends on what you call it. Different people call it different things. Um, uh, I've made the, the kind with borax a gajillion times, but it's a couple step process. This one was just white glue, equal parts white glue and liquid starch. And that was it. And then I added some color to it. And, um, and that was it. And it was so stretchy. <laughs> the kids had a blast with it. The problem is it didn't come off of clothes very well. Hence the I threw the shirt away. It, well, they did discover that the Diet Coke, because we did Diet Coke and Mentos as well, the Diet Coke actually took the glue off of shirts. <laughs> off of the shirts. They discovered that. Logan, actually, I think, was the one that discovered he was pouring it onto his shirt. He's like, oh, it comes right off. And so they were all pouring Diet Coke on their shirts because <laughs> it got the glue right off. But, um, yeah, so... <laughs> That was funny. And then the big kids, of course, had to make, they kept making the flubber more and more and more red with food coloring so they could, they were make, pretending it was guts coming out. I'm like, yeah, lovely. Yes, <laughs> I remember. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, let's see. And what else? We did, I feel like we did some other things too, and I can't remember it right now. But um, we had messy food. We had lots of popsicles and, and um, watermelon and really ripe peaches and powdered donuts um, hey, I didn't get any powdered donuts. You didn't. Well, they were over on the... Yeah, because the... I was going to hobble over there. Yeah. Well, you had a husband there or, and children. You could have sent them to get you some. That's 
Um, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some other things that we did, but we had a blast. It was so fun, and the kids were covered. Oh, shaving cream. We did shaving cream in oh, another right. Right. Another pool with with some liquid watercolor in there too, and um, she, do you see? As soon as Thea got there, she covered her hair in it. Yes, and she then like they piled it, squirted it green. Yes, they were squirting it with a squirt bottle with colored food coloring. I saw that. <laughs> it was like I got video of it too. I'll have mm. to put that put one of those in the show notes. It was a very very messy party, <laughs> and it was actually one of the easiest ones that I've planned. <laughs> I was actually really. Like that was, I think as the years, I've, I counted it out. I've done 20 parties now for my children oh my and um, I've gotten better at it. <laughs> I'm better at planning it out. Yeah, I know. I really should. Well, I'm starting a website actually, but I'm nowhere near ready for it to be public yet. But, um, but I am going to put it, I'm putting all the details into a website so people can use it. But oh, cool. yes, because I have a lot <laughs> and we've never repeated a theme yet. We probably will at some point because I'm starting to run out of ideas. <laughs> but <laughs> But because uh, we don't do your typical themes, yeah, <laughs> we've never done any kind of Disney princesses or any character parties at all. We've always done very unique themes. So um, anyway, let's see. Uh, Tyrion did drum camp and music camp. He did. We got the beat, which was just um, percussion instruments, which he loved. And he got to do a performance at the end, and he got a couple of solos. Mm-hmm. I know. I was just like he was. Only, there was only two kids doing solos, and every in each because they moved them around from room to room to show. It wasn't like a big recital at the end. It was like you go to each room that they practiced in and got to see how they practiced in each room, and then he got solos in each room. And I was like, "Huh, okay, cool." And then um, and they they said he did really really good. And then he did Kid Community, which is not percussion, but they do uh, singing and. Uh, well, actually, I guess it is percussion because it has xylophone. That's percussion. They do xylophones, um, singing, and guitar. I can't think if they did anything else. Um, oh, and, and recorder. They do recorder as well. And um, and he got solos in that, too. <laughs> and he's not like a virtuoso or anything, but apparently of all the kids for that week, he did pretty good. So, oh. <laughs> so he got solos in that, too, and that was cool. And he had a blast, and so we're going to be picking up the music cl- classes again in the fall when they start up again and he's going to be trying out for the percussion or for the we got the beat um performance group in august to see whether or not he wants to try that because you can try it for a month and see if if it works for you and your family and your kid and then after that if you decide to continue you have to commit to nine months and then you are hers for nine months so then we have to decide if we're going to be able to do that yeah it depends on what kind of a commitment i know the practice is like three hours a week but i don't know which is fine but i don't know about how many performances they'll have to do. So. Right, right. But that's still really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. And, oh, and then after leaving, we got the beat. We came home with a drum set. We rented <laughs> the drum set. So I had to rearrange his entire room to make room for it, which was cool because I got to purge a bunch more stuff. And uh, yeah, and surprisingly, he really hasn't been playing on it that much compared to I thought he'd be on it all the time, and he hasn't been. So I'm, I keep t- saying, go um, Go play your drum. <laughs> you're like, you're, oh, I don't feel like it right now. So we'll see where this goes because I'm not sure if he's going to be. I mean, it might just be because he hasn't been taking any classes, so he hasn't. It hasn't been first and foremost on his mind. But right, right. Yeah. But, um, I was going to say, and if there's anything I hate as much as I hate messy, it's uh, noise. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
it's actually really cool. I, I really like the sound of drums. Now, talk to me. I said talk to me later when she's had it for a while, but so far it hasn't been an issue. But it, it, talk to me after he's actually been practicing for a while. It might be different, but he, he does a little bit here and a little bit there. But I swear I think Adam's on them more than he is because he goes in there periodically and just bangs on them for a while. But um, And then he got bongos for his birthday as well. So he's been playing on his bongos as well, which is cool. <laughs> but... Um, Let's see what else. Oh, we did a, we had another fun 4th of July with friends at Railroad Park. We watched fireworks there. That was really fun. Um, oh, yeah, Danny was there, huh? Yeah, yeah, she came with um, Saren. Yeah. Yep, and um, let's see. We also have been having playdates here, which has been really fun. I've been having kids over to play at our house, and... Uh, Maven has been ecstatic to be able to play with her girlfriend. Hang out. It's not like they play anymore. You know, right, they just right. talk. <laughs> so that was cool. I know you guys got, to, Danny got to come last week and then, um, not this week, but maybe next week she'll be able to come. We'll plan yeah. a little further in advance. So, And then Clem actually came this time too. So Tieran had somebody to play with as well. That's nice. Yeah, he was here yesterday. Uh, let's see. And then um, the only other thing really that's going on is that I've been reading, I've been thinking, I've been thinking, thinking, thinking a lot about how much multitasking I do and how I hate it. And um, I've stressed out over it. So I've been reading articles and I'll put the link in the show notes because I read this really good article that's really made me think and change the way I think about just because it, that's how it works for me. It just doesn't, it stresses me out multitasking all the time because I constantly feel like I'm never ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly, constantly a go, 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 and I don't like it. I'm always trying to simplify and I never can. So I've been trying to do this single tasking thing, which is really like a new concept for oh, me. How does that work? I, I have know. no idea. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm literally sitting here on Tumblr while I'm talking to you because I cannot single task. It's impossible for me. Yeah, it just stresses me out. I, I mean, I... I, I was always listening to podcasts and always listening to audiobooks all the time, which most of the time is okay, but it got to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm constantly, constantly feeding my brain and it's too, like, I mean, keeping my brain really busy and it's like, no, I need downtime too. So I'm trying to figure out, um, so like when I'm working on a, on a client's website or on my website or whatever, I usually put like my laptop on and I'll watch a movie or listen to something on my la- on my phone and I've just been turning that off and focusing entirely on and I do think I'm I'm accomplishing more by focusing singly on that website and what it, what that task is I do think it's cuz I did notice before when I was divided like I would get distracted and the job that would have taken me you know an hour took me two hours because I was watching a movie and doing this and doing that and so I'm trying to see whether or not this will help me with my stress level (laughs) yeah i don't like feeling constantly torn in so many different directions so i don't know i'm always i don't know listeners are probably have noticed by now i'm constantly constantly trying to improve myself this is like just me how i've always been my entire life i always 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 am looking for ways to improve myself and i just am not happy with the way it's been so i've been trying to figure out trying new things and trying to figure out how to simplify more. I know, I'm not I'm not of the mindset of simplifying down to a ridiculous level. I read some of those simplify things, blogs, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not interested in simplifying down to, you know, only owning like three things. And, right, and you can have <laughs> one fork for each person in your family. Yeah. And yeah, no, yeah. get to that. I can't, not interested in that. <laughs> I can't even simplify to the point of putting my cell phone down and like walking away from it. Like I know, that's hard. I do, I have been trying to do it sometimes but I'm not that one that's not super important to me because I did I've turned off like all of the 
notifications. There's, the only thing that alarm that goes off is like if my phone rings, or if um, if I get a, a Facebook message from yeah, somebody. Yeah, see, mine mine doesn't ring. It. I, I mean, unless I'm expecting a phone call, all of my notifications are constantly turned off at all yeah. times. Um, yeah. Because, you know, one, I, I have this mindset that if, you know, other than like you or Tiffany or somebody like that, if you guys had an emergency, yeah, I could do something. But like that minute. But like if my family had an emergency, I can't do anything for them. The closest one is 300 miles away. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> what am I going to do if I call them back 15 minutes later? Is it really going to be that big of a difference? You know? Right. Yeah. 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 And I don't I don't like the phone ringing. And luckily, my phone um, doesn't ring as often as it could Um so that's good, but um, but yeah, I just I used to have it so that every time I got an email, because I was like, oh, you know, I've got all these emails that come in from all my blogs or from my websites, from my different businesses, and I have client emails coming in, and I need to know when they come in, and then I'm like, no, I don't need to know when they come in. I will check them periodically, and I will respond to them when I can. But I don't need to constantly be checking it and exactly. constantly be responding to it. That's too much. So, yeah, it just makes me feel like I'm being pulled in so many different directions all the time. Yep. And I don't, I'm not happy with it. So I'm like going to try and, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not against technology by any means. I love technology. Oh, yeah. So I want to deal with it when I want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I don't, but I'm also very addictive to where I have to constantly be checking it, checking it, checking it, checking it. And I don't like that either. So I'm trying to change my habits a little bit in that as well to try to, you know, maybe not necessarily have a set time that I check emails, but just forcing myself not to check it all the time. It's really hard. <laughs> you know what I did that really made my life a lot more uh, less stressful is I use the mailbox app instead of like the Gmail app. And I can uh -huh. set it that no matter how many emails are in there, it'll only show one on the little oh, wow. circle. So I don't get stressed out and see like 75. It, it doesn't matter how many is in there. As long as there is one new email in there or a hundred new emails, it's just got a little one on it. That's all. Uh, <laughs> kind of fantastic. Well, I, I actually did also just reset my uh, Gmail filters so that I have all my client um, emails that come in are now no longer going to my inbox. They're getting automatically archived, but but set as in, in a special label that says to do, like nice. with the with the business to do and all I've had to do and I even set an alarm on my phone because I figured initially it's gonna be hard for me to get into the habit of checking that label because I have to go look at it. It doesn't pop up at the top of my inbox because my inbox is always overflowing. Yeah. <laughs> and their emails would get lost in the shuffle. So I would um so now it goes automatically in there and then I just know like in the morning when I get up an alarm goes off at like 9.30 or something like that and I and I know to go check to see if there's anything in the to-do box and then I respond to it as if it's something I can do right away or else I just know that when I get on the, and I work on that client's website later that I just always automatically check that to-do box, uh, to-do label now, which is basically like a folder, you know? Yeah. So that's so far working pretty well for me. So that's cool. I have a, I have a zero inbox. I everything as soon as it comes in gets filtered to some file. I I do it by hand though. I don't have filters set up. I do it all by hand. And some of them they just go to you know remind me of this in two hours, and I can swipe mm -hmm. it over and remind myself in two hours. And then the other thing that I've done that's really cool is you know how you can have like pictures on your on your um for people when they call you. Oh yeah. So like my boss Kate, I have her set up so that it's really bright and it says answer this right on 
<laughs> so I can be like not sitting next to my phone and I can see it when it lights up and I go, oh, that's Kate. Better grab the phone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and if I'm expecting a phone call from someone too, I'll do the same thing. I'll change the picture so it's something really bright that shows up yeah. really well so that I know like even if I'm not looking right at it, that it, that's coming up, that they're, you know, that they're the ones that are calling. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's really good. I actually get telemarketing calls on my phone too, so I I oh, hate that. Frequently just ignore it. <laughs> I know. But um but yeah, so trying different way of doing things, trying to reduce the stress level, trying to be more efficient because I know if I manage my time better, I know I've been saying this since we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if I manage my time better, I figure by the time the kids are off to college, I'll probably that's have this figured out. <laughs> exactly. But you know what, if you did get all organized and efficient and everything, then I would be redundant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, you know, it makes me feel better for now, at least. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I really, really like simplifying. So we'll see if I can manage it. But I also am realizing, and I, I read that whole book by Homeschool Ideas uh, about how, um, what is it called? It's Stick-tivity. called Spot. Yeah, stick t- yeah, stickability. Stickability, there you go. Stickability, not stinkability. You sound like you said stinkability. No, I said stickability. <laughs> I know, but it sounded like stink. <laughs> um, but yeah, stickability. And um, I'm definitely a rabbit, and I definitely have to constantly have new things to keep me interested. And now that I know that about myself, you know, and, and kind of work working my homeschooling around that, because that was the first book I've ever read where it actually addressed homeschooling specifically with yeah. that type of personality. Cause everybody's all, all the organization stuff is all about people. It's all for people like you who are organized, who have no problem keeping <laughs> up a schedule. And there's a lot of us that can't do that. So it's very frustrating looking at these plans and schedules that don't work for us because it, I, I just can't do it. And I've finally faced that. It's, it's not a matter of willpower. I just can't do it. It just doesn't fit my personality. So I told you when I took, the quiz i'm a rabbit too but yeah that's so weird to me because you are so not (laughs) (laughs) i'm a tortoise who's trying desperately to be a rabbit or a turtle Turtle tortoise what was it i think it was tortoise yeah whatever the other one is i i i'm yeah (laughs) yeah so you guys have to go to the show notes if you don't know what we're talking about with the stickability um we'll put the link in there for it's a really good i think that one is a free ebook isn't it it? it's six dollars but it's completely worth it Yes, it's definitely worth it. She's, And I'm on her mailing list now, and I've been getting her email, and it's like the only newsletter that I'm keeping because I keep uh, subscribing and going, I don't have time to read this. She's got really good emails in her newsletter. She does, yeah. Um, so I'm actually reading them, and I'm actually getting something out of them, which is really saying a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> check out homeschooling. It's homeschooling hyphen ideas.com and she's awesome so yeah uh, we got to get her on the show I've, I've been telling her that i want to interview her so we'll, we'll definitely have to get her on the show at some point that would be cool yes so now's the time when we like to give some time to our sponsor this episode of the savvy homeschool moms is brought to you by moving beyond the page the homeschool curriculum that i use for science social studies and language arts I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. And now we'd like to present to you part two of our interview with Mary Beth Buckroth, the inappropriate homeschooler. Enjoy! That's one of my things about really the inappropriate homeschooler. I mean, yes, I 
that that inappropriate homeschooler, she's so inappropriate. I mean, she says, you know, outrageous things, and, and sometimes she's, you know, politically incorrect, I guess, or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, especially inside the support group, it's just about being who we are. It's just about being real. You know, I am not, and, and this is in no way, shape, or form, any criticism against anyone who is, but I am not a Martha Stewart mom. Yeah, yeah. And and God bless or, or Darwin or whoever, whatever greater being or lack yeah. of being that you believe in, um, if you are. Because yeah. the world needs some Martha Stewart moms. But I am not one of them. Yeah. And I will not be a sh- I will not be made to feel less or insignificant or, you know, anything because of it. And, you know, my kid annoys the crap out of me sometimes. Yeah. And and I know I have to annoy the crap out of her. I mean, think about having me as a mom. She, <laughs> you know, she has to put up with the fact that her some of her commentary and exploits gets shared with. Right. Kind of, it's a very small world. It's, you know, only 3000 or so people. But. <laughs> still, nonetheless, you know, it gets shared. So if she says something that I think is absolutely like I'm dropping, <laughs> I'm dropping dead, dying laugh. <laughs> yeah. You know, at her stupidity, <laughs> <laughs> which is so wrong with me, I know, which makes me inappropriate. And I go <laughs> and I share it on Facebook, you know, and she's, you know, mom, you know, yep. especially now that she's at that age, you know, she's twelve and a half, and you know, things are happening, and she's going to be a young woman soon. Um, so it can't be easy to have me. And then in so many other ways, it's not easy to have me, you know, as a mom. Um, so I know that she probably just as much as sometimes I think she's sort of a little <laughs> she thinks I am, too. But but that's but that's real, though. And yeah, and yeah. and not everybody has to understand it. Some people can be appalled by it. But I don't believe in secrets. And I mean, not secrets like that. Some things aren't private. I, I mean, I certainly think that there are some things that are private. That's not what I'm saying. But secrets where you have to put on one face for the world and, and different. Candy coating. Yes. Yeah. yes. We don't candy coat. That's one of the right. things that we said when we started this show is that we don't candy coat. We tell you how it actually is. The yeah. snot and the screaming and everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why I love it. And see, and that's why, and that's why, and, I, and that's why I, um, you know, this was on my bucket list was because <laughs> I, I wasn't going to have to come on and, you know, be the, the, the executive director of the National yeah. Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers is with us today. And we have, yeah, we're right. going to find out from her, what is Nash's vision? I mean, not that I don't <laughs> want to talk about the vision. I do. I want to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it as who I am. And, you know, I'm married off, yeah. you know, and 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 yes, I could give a presentation that would be very professional in front of a room of, you know, a thousand people. That's fine. But I guarantee you who I am is going to leak out. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? there's going to be a little bit of Mary Beth in that. And, 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 you know, the inappropriate homeschooler is a part of who she is. Yeah. And, and I have been told, uh, it's been mentioned to me a time or two, um, you know, that perhaps I'm not the right face for, you know, the national alliance of secular homeschoolers, that I'm too, um, I'm too controversial. Mm-hmm. And, and I said it, I've said it, and I think I've said it in the support group, and I actually posted it in a public forum. You know, to assume that someone cannot bring positive to an organization, to do good for an organization, like, you don't have to like me. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to find me uh, intelligent, although I believe I am, at least I used <laughs> to be. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm hanging on by the, 
<laughs> at the bottom rail by my nails I'm hanging on um but you don't have to find me funny or entertaining or engaging or anything of that nature or whatever um even though I am the executive director right now I am the executive director of NASH and I will continue to remain to be the executive director of NASH for as long as I need to be and that may mean a year that may mean two that may mean five I don't know what that means but I damn sure can guarantee you that I'm going to be the executive director as long as it's my name that's on the contract and my credit card number that they have yeah right (laughs) and so those who you know want to make the accusation that because I have a tendency at times you know to post things that you know kind of poke fun at religion and let's be honest, mostly poke fun at Christianity because that is the religion that permeates my my society. Mm-hmm. That is the um, circumstance in which I find myself living, you know, living it with um, how to be who I am in a very fundamental Christian world kind of thing. Um, but that again, that's not what Nash is. Right, right. So would you say that people who are not inappropriate would still get a lot out of the conference? Then I do. I I don't think that. Um, I I don't I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that you have to be inappropriate to get something out of the conference um, uh, for several reasons. Um, it's almost like saying you couldn't come to my party, you know, because you don't laugh at everything I laugh at. Doesn't mean you're not going to have a good time at my party just because right. I'm the host, right? You right. know, um, you know, or or you know, you don't like you don't you won't come to my party because you don't care for my 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 music choices. You know, it's kind of that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, the the conference is being set up in such a way. I mean, let's let's be really honest about this. The conference is what it's going to be, based on what volunteers are willing to bring to it. Right. I mean, we have worked hard, uh, Tina and I, and I mean, I can name. You know, Jay Cook is one of. She's the administrative director. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to that, you know, she was. The administrator, she is still the administrator for, you know, inappropriate homeschooler. Um, and Meg Grooms out of, you know, these people are all across the country. Jay's in Ohio, Tina's in Jacksonville, Florida, Meg's in another part of Florida. Um, I've got my, you know, my financial person is going to be coming out of Alabama. The lawyer that I'm still trying to subtly, you know, come on, come on, come on, you know, that's going to help us get Nash where it needs to be as far as, you know, 5013C, all that stuff, the nonprofit, everything. You know, she's she's living in, in Illinois. I mean, we've got supporters out in California. You know, we're spread out across um, the country. And I right. And quite frankly, we have inappropriate homeschoolers in the group who I know are in Canada and Australia. And I know that I've got fans on the IH page or followers or whatever we want to call them that, you know, are in the UK and uh-huh. in, um, New Zealand and stuff like that. But what the conference is going to be is what we can get, what the volunteers bring to the conference. So the workshops that we're offering, why are we offering the workshops we're offering? Because this is what people offer to bring us. This is what people are offering to do. These are the workshops that they're offering. Right. And it's not that we're not going out and saying to people, you know, oh, we really, we would really like to have blah, blah, blah. Is there any chance that you could provide us with blah, blah, blah? And, you know, sometimes we, we're getting great response. Yes, we could provide you with that. That would be, you know, we'd be happy to do that. Fabulous. But then sometimes we get a, no, mm-mm, not interested in that. And then sometimes we get, well, no, we can't do that, but we could do this. And we go, well, that's still great. So we'll take that. Right. right. Yeah. You work you know, for what you got. Yeah. Yeah. It's a startup. You know, nobody's got money to like shell out to pay, you know, people like, you know, why don't you get parenting beyond belief? You know, they're like, people are asking for him. Well, you know what? I'd love to have him. 
And if he's watching, uh, I'm sorry, if he's listening, this is an open invitation. However, comma, I can't afford your $750 speaking fee. <laughs> You're right. You know, I mean, it's that kind of thing. People wanted us to get Bill Nye. So for giggles and grins, we contacted Bill Nye. Anybody want to know how much Bill Nye charged? Oh, it's thousands, I'm lot. sure. Yeah. It's, it's thousands. Yeah. Thousands, plural. You know, I mean, so, you know, there's the dream and then there's the reality. But... Yeah. We'll never we'll never make the dream a reality if we don't at least start with the reality we have. Right. Yeah. And then a lot of folks were saying to us, a lot were saying that they wanted the conference to be the workshops at the conference. They wanted those to be workshops that were actually provided by real secular homeschoolers, you know, boots on the ground kind of people. Uh-huh. And they wanted a built in Q&A session. That's why the workshops are all an hour and 15 minutes, because there's going to be at least 15 minutes for the whole well, now, you said that I should try to do this, but my question is, blah, blah, blah. That person will actually be able to provide you with, with some semblance of a logical answer because they're boots on the ground with whatever they're presenting to you. Right, right. right. You know, so we're real secular homeschooling moms and dads. Okay. And whatever we're presenting, we know how to do or we right. at least have experience with it. Um, and that was at the time when the workshops were being put together. That's what people were asking us for. Secular homeschooling workshops given by secular homeschooling parents for secular homeschooling parents. Right. Well, now I'm hearing from people, you know, outside of the the IH world and the in the in the immediate Nash world. Why don't you have any professional, you know, real education people to come out and discuss real educational issues? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, someday we will. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to get will. started first. We have to get started. And this yeah. is, again, just the conference. Our intention is every year there will be a spring convention because that's the time of year where people are looking for what to do the next, you know, homeschooling year. Yeah. They're looking for the new curriculum. They're looking for the latest idea in educational, you know, lecturing or, you know, researching or all the latest this, that, and the other. New ideas for how to spice up, an, you know, their old homeschool room or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yes. That's the time of year that you're looking for that. Yeah. That will be the convention. That will be we dream, you know, we dream and we dream big at Nash. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, you know, we that's the that's the thousand person convention that will be held in different locations every spring. Um, with That was my next know, question was where else will you be holding it or do you have any ideas? Well, I will say that the fall conference is going to always remain small because that's going to be the annual Nash board meeting. And anyone's welcome to attend that, but we don't expect people to come out for that as much as we would, obviously, the actual homeschool secular convention. Right, right, right. And so the conferences in the, in the fall are, are going to be after we get through this fall, which is the launch, which is where we're trying to provide a little bit of everything. Um but in the future, say sp- fall of 2015, that's it's going to be much more adult focused, mm-hmm. and because it's going to be Nash focused, it's going to be about the annual board meeting and about what direction is Nash going in, and where, you know the volunteers. Is anyone you know stepping down? Is anyone stepping up? You know, it's going to really kind of be the business of Nash, mm-hmm. and those are probably going to always be um, located somewhere near the largest concentration of board members, whoever they may oh, okay. be. You know, at the time. Right now, the largest concentration of board members are in the southeast. Okay. So that that's why the conference is in Atlanta. And um, and that's why next year it may very well be, you know, in North Carolina or, or Alabama or Florida. I don't know where. But, you know, in 10 years when somebody else is, you know, 10 new people or 12 new okay. people are on the board and they're all living in, in Washington State, I bet you that's where that conference will be then. Ah. Um, but as far as the convention 
it is our intention to travel that around. Okay. So that if you live in California or you live in Maine, mm-hmm. you know, at least once every four years, it's going to be relatively close enough to you that maybe you could attend. Oh, okay. Well, that's really good to know. You know, kind of thing. You know, there's like the, the Northeast, the the Northwest, the Southeast, the Southwest, and then Central America. I mean, Central North America or whatever that's called, the Heartland, you know. Oh, yeah. So, so there's about, I know, I don't teach geography, by the way. My she has to learn all that on her own. She does stack the states and all those kind of games for that. Um, but uh, so, you know, there's roughly predominantly, I, I kind of think of, of the country as, as in five geographical segments. So maybe on a five-year rotation. Oh, that's you know, smart. I like that. You'll, you'll see that. Now, the, the the spring convention, people are asking, where's that going to be? Where's that going to be? I hope it's not in Atlanta. And I know what they mean is I hope it's somewhere closer to me. Right. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that it's still, because it's still going to be in its infancy. I mean, the the conference now that we're doing this um, fall is, is really the startup. You know, that's the startup of everything. But then the spring conference that's still, I mean, convention, that's still going to be the first ever convention we do. Okay. So it's still going to be its own, you know, we would have learned a lot from putting the conference together, but you go from serving 200 adults to serving hopefully 500 to 1,000 adults. There's a big difference there, right. especially right. when you're trying to provide more, qual- you know, more uh, larger variety of workshops. I mean, we've got such a myriad of um of, of a homeschooling styles and and issues within the secular community because you know you have your unschoolers and then you have you know your road schoolers and then you have your traditionalists you know with your well trained mind and the trivium oh, yeah. and all that and then you've got your eclectics and then I mean uh, it, the list is oh, sure. almost almost seems endless and we want to try to address as many you know so that the unschoolers feel like there's stuff for them and the classic educators feel like there's something for them and then there's something that kind of covers everybody you know that's going to be a much larger endeavor and so chances are spring 2015 this is not in writing in any way shape or form (laughs) but we are really leaning towards Orlando Florida oh cool that's because it's still a you know keeps keeps the concentration close to where the the largest amount of uh, directors live right Um, and we already have contacts like, you know, the Orlando Orlando Convention Bureau contacts Mm -hmm. and things to, you know, help make the process hopefully as smooth as it can be. And in all honesty, we thought, you know, if people really want to come to this convention and they can only afford one vacation a year, because obviously finances are something that we all worry, you know, that we all think about, um, that, they could think, well, gosh, at least it's in Orlando. We could do one day at Disney, if nothing, you know what I mean? Or oh yeah, you know I mean? like, the world of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh yeah, see, which is really probably where you would find most of your secular homeschool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that, that right there, that's the bomb. Let me tell you, I yeah. can tell you that from personal experience. Um, oh. But I just thought that that might be a nice, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- you know, we're trying to think of everything. Of course, yeah. that doesn't mean we will think of everything, but, oh, yeah. um, but that's so we're kind of leaning towards Orlando. For spring. And I say that now when it's, you know, the spring of 2014, that's a year away. And I'll be honest with you, we are where we are with Nash right now. And I would have never dreamed that this is where we were a year ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just don't know what a year is going to bring and what wonderful and exciting opportunities and, and, you know, a a road opens up that you didn't even know was on the map. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, once it does, sometimes you just got to take the, I hate to use the expression leap of faith, but, you know, Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's really yeah. what it is. You know, you just take a le- you take a step out into the darkness, 
believing that the sun's going to rise. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll, you know, we'll see where we are um, and, and where that puts us as far as where the convention will be held in 2015. But that's, that's basically what's sort of in the, in the, in the planning process right now cool. is to do it in Orlando. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think that wraps everything up nicely. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Was there anything else that, that you wanted to mention that we didn't ask you about? Well, I just wanted to very briefly, and I and I know I say that, and we're all going to laugh. Go ahead. <laughs> um, because nothing about me is brief. Um, I just wanted to, um, if, if it's okay, just to touch on a little bit about people want to know what, what Nash is going to offer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if that's okay, um, I know we've talked about a lot of the aspects, you know, we've said that anybody can be a member of Nash. Um, the two largest areas, I think, that have yet to be explored or at least explored as fully as I believe they, that, that we at Nash believe that they can be. Um, the first one is in media outreach. You know, we touched on it, I think, briefly a little bit in the beginning of our conversations about how secular homeschoolers are not represented in the media. Oh, right. Yeah. It, they're starting to they're starting to be. Right. Um and I think as dissatisfaction grows with public school systems for the myriad of reasons, you know, that that dissatisfaction is growing. Yes. Um, and, and as changes are implemented in our public education, which I think actually affect us all, whether we're homeschoolers or public schoolers, um, because that's our society that's being educated in those doors. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we see that, you know, I think we're going to see more secular homeschoolers that are coming out of it that regardless of what their family's religion is, they're, they're schooling for an academic, strictly academic, academic reasons. And they may find themselves more in line with secular homeschooling than perhaps religious homeschooling, especially when it comes to like curriculum choices. Uh-huh. The, the statistics are starting to come in and granted, you know, it's hard to get good, good to hard, fast, real numbers because homeschoolers are a little, you know, I don't want to answer those questions, um, you know, in their sort of mentality about what they do, because everyone's, you know, a little leery of, um, of you know, big, big brother or Uncle Sam or whomever we're leery of. Um, but I think that we're the largest growing demographic from everything, all the research that my that the staff, the NASH staff is doing now or whatever, or at least we are one of the largest growing I, demographics. Yeah, I did see that actually written somewhere that the secular. It, yeah. And so I think now is the time. Not only to give, you know, to start to try to give what the current secular homeschooling community who have been in it for, you know, however long. I've been in it for five years. You know, other people have been in it for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the case may be. Not only to, you know, give what, try to meet their needs, but also to kind of predict the needs of this of this new wave of, so that I, so that basically they're not me. That's what it is. I don't want them to deal with the, the I hate the thought of, of someone Leaving the public system because they have to mm-hmm. completely unexpected, completely unexpectedly, you know, I mean, not ever expecting that they were going to be they, like me. They knew what homeschooling was and they were fine with it. I mean, they didn't have any negative opinion about it, but it wasn't what they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, looky there. That's what you are, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I and for those that look around and go, I don't it, are all the homeschooling families religious because that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I don't want them to have to look very far mm-hmm. and I want the kind of help and support that they need to be there. Mm-hmm. And I really um, believe and I, I mean, this is actually my personal belief. I, I've said this since the conception that um, 
media outreach is going to make so much difference that we that we start to work on getting it out there that um not all, just like in public society not everyone is you know designed the same way neither are homeschoolers right oh yeah we have we have certainly you know i think the tide is turning to a certain degree clearly not as much as we all wish it would but you know it is turning towards you know homeschooling is much more well known than it was it's accepted uh, in a lot of ways, you know, that it wasn't. I mean, some of us still have struggles maybe, you know, here and there. I'm not discounting that at all. Family or friends who have concerns or whatever. But sure. it certainly is becoming, while not maybe mainstream, more accepted. A viable option. A viable yeah. option that's more yeah. accepted and, and understood to a greater degree right. by mainstream. I think so. I think so, too. However, comma, most of those folks still believe that we're all religious. Yeah, unfortunately. And once you get painted in, in a certain picture, then any other possibilities just disappear for you. You know, I mean, so people aren't thinking, hmm, I should create a really awesome curriculum for blah, 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 for people who don't want religious curriculum. I mean, you know, we want those thought processes to go through publishers' minds. Yes. We want people to realize you're going to end up having this huge untapped market. And wouldn't you like to be the publisher who tapped into that market? And I think that the way, you know, people keep asking me, well, how is it going to make any difference? Because the more attention we draw to ourselves, the, the, the more secular homeschoolers who, who find the courage. I, I've read articles, and I'm not an atheist, but I've read articles about what it takes for some people in their communities to even step out to admit they're an atheist. Oh, my good Darwin. They have to face persecution worse than what I've known some gays have had to face coming out of the closet about being gay. Yeah. And that, to me, is that makes my blood boil. Right. Everybody should be free to be who they are. And I want secular homeschoolers who perhaps, and I know some will, will disagree with me, they say they don't exist, that everyone in secular homeschooling has everything they need, and they have co-ops and secular groups, and everybody's oh, yeah. happy, and everything's <laughs> just great. And for them, I say, fabulous. I'm really glad you have that. I'm really glad you have that. I'm glad you live where you are not the minority. Right. Because you do not understand what it means to be the minority until you are the minority. I did not. I told my friend who I'm getting ready to go see. I'm getting ready to travel to Alabama this week. And um, I'm going to be seeing, which, of course, by the time this airs, would have already, the trip already would have happened. But there's this contingency of inappropriate homeschoolers there that I've never met that they found my friend because they knew she was my friend. And they were like, you know, the inappropriate homeschooler. <laughs> and, of course, she's like, yeah, it's Mary Beth. I mean, because, you know. I'm just married about, but now I'm going to go and I'm going to visit her and I'm going to get to meet all these inappropriate homeschoolers in real life. And I just think that's fabulous. You know, I mean, just these people that I've connected with on Facebook that you all have probably connected with on Facebook, you know, I'm going to be meeting in real life and, and having, you know, that, that connection go up to the next level. Um, but they don't have where they live. They don't have that. Right. They had to seek each other out. Yeah. And my friend that I'm going to visit um, happens to be a person of color, a woman of color. And I said to her, and we've been friends for years, and I said to her, you know, I know I can hide my secularism. Mm, yeah. And so that makes it easier. Right. But it, except for that, I have to say, I don't think I really understood until I started coming out as a secularist and as a secular homeschool. I don't think I really understood what it meant to be a minority. I'm not saying... I've been discriminated against in the way that, you know, people of color have been or, or people with, you know, a different sexual orientation and what have you. But just you got a taste. 
I got a taste of what it really feels like to be the, in the minority. And my friend happens to be a Christian. Now, she's one of those, you know, awesome Christians where that's her faith and that's her belief and she doesn't care what anybody else's faith or belief is and it doesn't affect friendships or how she schools or, you know, or anything. And and she kind of said, really, you think it's that whatever? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of telling you it is. I said, you know, and so she posted something on her personal page just kind of to see what it and it did create a brouhaha, I'll be honest, <laughs> and, and not even a brouhaha that I was really all that involved in. Let me just let me just give myself a little pat on the back. I said one thing and I walked away. Good for me. Um, but um, she later said to me that in real life, that group that she that she's in, um, she said I could I I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. And she said it, and it makes me it makes me ashamed. It really makes me ashamed. And so I said, well, at least you know now, just like just like I know that you are discriminated against for being a woman of color, that I believe you even if nobody else believes you because I've seen it happen when I'm with you with my own eyes, and I believe you when you share your stories with me. Now you see that that you experienced on your Facebook page and then later in real life, that backlash and this commentary, that's what I live with where I am every day. If I say anything that remotely gives somebody, I'm sure they they must have a handbook that they send out. You know, if you if you hear this word or this word or this word or this word or this, you know, this idiom or that idiom spoken, um, warning, warning. You know, you must you you might be dealing with a I don't know an atheist or something. I mean, the local group where I am, and and I'm I'm addressing this to a certain point because I've had comments addressed to me where people are like, well, you're making a big deal out of nothing. It's not that bad. Okay. Uh, might not be that bad for you where you live. And again, I'm very happy for that. Where I live, the only group that was available, which was a large group of 500, you know, 550 some people, um, it was the only group for the longest time, thought it was perfectly acceptable. Like, didn't bat an eye to not only post as an event that we could all go to, um, that Ken Ham was going to be at one of our local churches. Uh-huh. After the Bill Nye Ken Ham debate, like the week late, like a week, the week after that debate was going to be over, Ken Ham was going to be speaking at this church, mm-hmm. and we were all invited. <laughs> okay, so that was an event for the homeschool group. Okay, so there's that, and some people would say, "Well, that's not a big deal." Okay, fine, that's you know, right? I I I scrolled on by as I do with right. everything, yeah, everything I don't agree with. I basically scrolled on by. Yeah. But then, then what happened was within an hour of that being created as an event. Someone in the group said, oh, well, since we've got this event, you know, we're all going to go to this, of course, because we're all Christians here and we're all the same kind of Christian that I am. You know, that's also the yeah. assumption. Yeah. Um, since we're all going to be going to this event and this about Ken Ham, I thought this would be a fascinating article for us all to read. And she posted it. And it was an article on how atheists were trying to destroy today's culture of children in this country. Wow. And I'm supposed to be OK with that. When yeah. I posted something like, wait a second now, I kept quiet about the Ken Ham, but I am not going to keep quiet about this because you've got 540 whatever families in here. And even if I am the only secular homeschooler in here, I am not going to remain silent on this because this is insulting. Yeah, this is no better than an atheist group. And, uh, you know, one of those whatever uh, militant militant groups of whatever whatever belief system they have coming back and saying that if you are a Christian, you are fill in the blank. These blanket assumptions, you know, and these mass generalizations that and that you just assume that everyone in this group is going to think this is okay. Well, I'm going to let you know I'm in this group and I do not think this is okay. Right. And it blew up. As I knew it 
would. It wasn't like I went into it blind. And of course, people said, well, if you didn't want to cause a problem, you shouldn't have said anything. Why are we the problem? Right. right. <laughs> Why is it always, you know, it's the same thing. It's when people used to say, and I know this is inappropriate, but it's, it's historically relevant and it's factual. When people used to say to, you know, African-Americans and other people of color, just sit down in the back of the bus and shut up. Yeah. What are you complaining about? Excuse me? Yeah, right. It's the same thing. Now, it's not the same thing in the like the level of what they went through is way beyond yeah, and right. you know I'm not I'm not making that comparison but I'm saying the principle is the same yes that ideology that because I believe this way that means everybody else does and because I grew up in this belief and because my immediate society community culture and church all believe the way I do everybody must believe with me and it's perfectly okay for me to say whatever I want and then if somebody calls me on it even politely even respectfully, I'm being persecuted, and that person who called me on it is now the problem. And all my little cohorts are going to come and jump on that person. Right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I call. I call. You know what? On that, I really yeah. do. Yeah. And and so when people ask me, and I know I sound a little fired up because I have fired myself up over this. Um, <laughs> this is you have. Hi, I'm Mary Beth, and I am the inappropriate homeschooler. Um, <laughs> so when people ask me, secularists. You know, secular homeschoolers, even when they ask me, I don't see, do you really think there's such a need? I, I have a lovely community here. We have a 600 plus secular family of co-op and we do this and I, oh, it's just lovely. And I don't see, and I find all the curriculum I need. That is fan flipping tastic. I mean, it is. I, I wish every flipping community in America had that. But trust me, those <laughs> are the exceptions, yeah. not the rule. Yeah. And I think that until it comes a point in time in this country, and this is, again, this is my personal, this is why I'm involved with NASH. Okay. This mm -hmm. isn't necessarily, I'm not saying this as the NASH representative, but this is why I'm involved with NASH. Until every person who is homeschooling their children can look them in the eye and say, you have no reason to pretend that you are other than that, which you are. Mm -hmm. then I will continue to talk about this yeah. and I will continue to bring awareness to it because I see the damage it does to those children to be told in whispers, when we get there, don't mention Harry Potter and don't talk about this and don't say that because this isn't our secular group. This is the inclusive group and here they don't really mean, you know, I, I see yeah. it. Yeah. And maybe other people don't have to don't experience it and they don't see it. But I do. When I have friends, wonderful, wonderful friends, be they in real life friends or online friends who are strong, you know, strong women, when they tear up over the fact that they say to me, why do I have to pretend to be anything other than I am? I'm not a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Then you know what? I am going to stand up and I'm going to make some waves and I'm going to upset some, I'm going to upset some apple carts and I might even piss some people off in the secular homeschooling community, you know, that want to fly under the radar and think everything is okay. Status quo. Well, if everybody always thought everything was fine and everything was status quo, there would be no, there would be, you name it. There would be no missions to the moon. There'd be no iPhones. Yeah. You know, there, there'd be no open heart surgeries. I mean, come on, we all have to have, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying I'm nearly as important as the astronauts who flew to the moon or Steve Jobs. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the, that is not the implication that I'm trying to, that I was trying to give. I hope no one feels that way. I'm just saying that 
whatever your little niche is, whatever you feel passionate about, whatever change that you see needs to be in the world, then be that change. You made me think of this quote, well-behaved women seldom make history. Yep. Oh, and I, 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 that no, is you. I yes, and I laugh because I have to tell you, I don't know, I posted it, and I don't know if you all managed, if you know, saw it or not, it's fine if you didn't, but it's a cute little uh, story anyway, when, uh, you know, Punky said to me uh, after I found out that uh, I was going to be on your program, and like I said, I was very, I mean, I was happy dancing around the house, and, you know, I was very, I was giddy, I have to admit, <laughs> and 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 Punky said to me, oh, so mom, wait, wait, wait. So, I mean, with all this stuff that's happening, you know, this is going on and that's going on and you're getting this phone call and now you've got this interview thing and are you going to be famous? <laughs> <laughs> and so, as I said on my thread when I posted it, I said, I said, yeah, maybe. And then I thought, oh, no, I, time for our impromptu vocabulary le- lesson. I'm going to be infamous, I'm sure. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't expect to be famous at all. No, but okay. I, I, I think that in certain very small circles, you know, I feel like I feel a little like um, <laughs> this is so inappropriate. I feel I feel a little like, um, oh, what was his name from? um I swear to God, I was smarter than this 20 years ago. I could recall stuff. <laughs> nobody's business. But from the, oh, my, one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. You know, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actor. Oh, my gosh. He, thank you so much. Jack Nicholson, you know, when he says, because in places that you don't talk about at parties that you attend, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. That speech. You yeah. know, sometimes I feel a little like his character. I don't condone, by the way, what he did and. <laughs> In the movie, I don't mean that. I, I'm not. I'm not one for physical violence, but I think that to a certain degree, in the small little community that I live in, and by that I mean the you know the secular homeschooling community that is basically the in- online world right now, that even people who don't want me on the wall, whether they realize it or not, they need me and others like me on the wall. Yep. They need us up there rattling for change. Yeah. And, and and bringing to light issues that, that that matter to so many of us, but we stay quiet about because we know that, that nobody we think well nobody cares, or they're gonna they're gonna say I'm the problem, or or they're gonna or worse and boy does this just send me through the roof you know my kids will pay the price for me opening my mouth, mm-hmm. you know if the co-op leader find, uh, true story co-op leader found out that I taught my daughter that it's okay to be gay. And I was I was asked to step down from teaching because they did not want me influencing the kids. Wow. So I am not talking out of my ass. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I speak a lot of what I talk about is from my personal experience or the personal experience of people who I either know or who have contacted me with documented stories of stuff that has happened to them. Right. So these things are happening. And just because the. Um, the non-secular homeschooling community doesn't want to talk about it, or even some inside the secular homeschooling community doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't mean it doesn't need to be talked about. Sure. Absolutely. And and Nash is going to be a legitimate, because obviously the inappropriate homeschooler, not so much, (laughs) (laughs) but Nash is going to be the participant in a legitimate conversation, if nothing else. If, If I swear if it doesn't accomplish another thing it's going to accomplish that mm-hmm. so i let me let me I step off my box and tuck it back under my chair for when i might need it at a later time <laughs> yes well. <as> you go. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah, if you could have a little insert applause here, yeah. or <laughs> very well said. I think I think a Thank lot you. of our listeners will agree completely. Well, I, I hope so. And those that don't agree, and here's the thing: those that don't agree with me have every right to disagree with me. Mm-hmm. They can even talk against me, or they can even speak out against Nash. But if you aren't going to, you know. I'm not saying if you're not for us, you're against us. That is not what I'm saying. You don't have to be for us or against us. You could be completely unconcerned or neutral. Mm-hmm. But I do believe to a certain degree that if you're going to if you're going to vocalize what the problem is and what the problem is with the people who are trying to solve the problem, do it in a constructive manner. Do it in a way that it's actually going to be helpful. Yeah. And, and offer to help where you can. Because if all you're going to do is because you know my my husband who's military. Uh, you know, he always says, you know, and other people say it. I've seen it. You know, there are three times. There are three types of people. There are the people who make things happen. There are the people who watch things while they happen. And then there's the people who complain about what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't mind people who watch what happens. They don't bother me at all. I don't even mind the people who complain about what happens. But don't let that be the only thing you do. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. If after a while, if you've if you've asserted your complaints to me, if you have filed your report with me, I am unhappy with you because I think you're offensive. I am unhappy with Nash because I think this. I, and I say to you, okay, A, I don't care what you think about the inappropriate homeschooler because that's personal to me. Uh, and B, thank you for your you know position on these concerns for Nash. They will be brought up at the planning session. I have a book that's being all everything everyone's saying is being duly noted and will be addressed at the planning session. Uh-huh. You know, but if you want to make sure that what you had to say is addressed to the point that you want it to be addressed or you have this fabulous idea and you want somebody to go off and make that happen, perhaps you ought to consider being the one who makes it happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, about that. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I've said a- Obviously, I have said a lot more than just that. <laughs> awesome. I have to say, uh, if I may, it's just one final note. I couldn't imagine or have asked for a more dedicated and talented group of homeschooling. It's amazing what homeschoolers can do, you know, and, and, and they're not, and I mean, they'll, they'll, they joke. I have to admit, they do joke. And, you know, they, they, they refer to me as, I don't know, things that, I you know, brought, maybe they refer to me things that I don't know about, but uh, to my face, they, you know, they'll joke and say that, you know, they'll call me the queen and refer to themselves as my minions. And it's become <laughs> such a huge joke that that's actually where the logo for IH came from, you know, was the crown on the, uh-huh. the, the the queen from the chess game's head. But if you notice, her head is tilted and the crown is falling off. Uh-huh. Um, my attempt to a little humility and, and inappropriateness. But they're not, de- I mean, they are dedicated to me. I, I have to say, as an, for inappropriate homeschooler, the group and the, and the website, all that, I have, they're dedicated to me and that's fabulous. But for Nash, these women are dedicated to Nash. They believe in it as strongly as I do and they're giving their time and their energy to it and anyone anyone who contributes I don't care if you only gave an hour of your time if you helped us in some way we are grateful because that is what it's going to take for Nash to be what it needs to be Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to take a moment to thank Tina Harden and Jay Cook and and Crystal Hillner and Meg Grooms these are all people who are are taking very large uh, very active roles in the development of Nash and, and they, and they, and they're going to do amazing things. Casey Copeland, uh, our web designer, you know, Jalinda Cole is going to be, she's going to, some of her ideas for educational outreach. I mean, I really think some, some of this stuff is going to, when people start to really hear about it and understand what we are going to be blown away 
by, mm-hmm. by some of the stuff that we're going to, that we're going to really try to do. Casey Horgan, her ideas uh, as our political affairs director to bring a balanced and fair uh, approach for members about the, the different political standings in the states on educational issues, as well as to get our, our you know, our, our name in the, the conversation, the political conversation. And then, you know, the people who do the, who do what, you know, the, the non-spotlighty jobs. Nanette Sparrow, you know, our finance director, and I, like I said, Jay Cook, our administrative um, director. Uh, we just, I'm very, I feel very fortunate to to have met these people and that they believe in the same, that they believe in the organization with the same passion and purpose that I have. It's it's an amazing process to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, awesome, it's so great. You have such a great team. I do. I really do. And none of it would happen without them. And one final shout out to Tina Harden, who is my, <laughs> I call her my do, you know, director of operations. Mm-hmm. But I, but it reminds me of Loretta Lynn, you know, how she called her husband do because he was the one that stood by her through everything. So Tina Harden, she's my do. And I don't know <laughs> what I would do without her. Aw. Yeah. Very nice. Well, well, I really appreciate you having me and letting me ramble for two full hours. I don't know when it'll be when she... <laughs> Once you edit me for appropriate content only, <laughs> maybe we'll only have 45 minutes worth of a show. <laughs> well, we hunted down a sensor beep so that we could. <laughs> you know what? That doesn't offend me in the least. In fact, I feel a little flattered. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, awesome. so much for joining us yes, today, Mary Beth. We really no, really, thank you. I, I truly enjoyed. I, I enjoyed it very much, and thank you very much for having me, and um, and thank you very much for um, allowing Nash to be something that at least you know, that's starting to be discussed. Thank you for being a, a forum for that. I, we oh, really yeah. appreciate that that kind of um, generosity on your part. Oh, no problem. Excellent. Okay. Well, okay. thank you, and bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Have a a wonderfully inappropriate evening. Yeah, you too. Well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Mary Beth. We sure had a fun time talking with her and hope to talk with her again sometime. To contact Mary Beth or Nash and to find more info on the upcoming conference, visit nationalalliancesecularhomeschoolers.com and that link will also be found in the show notes for this show, episode 45, at savvyhomeschoolmoms.com forward slash 45. And now it's time to hear about our books of the week. So, Becky, what have you guys been reading lately? Well, Danielle finished Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Super proud of her for finishing that whole series. And uh, (laughs) we had two uh, movie nights, and we watched the movies together and everything. And Um, I'm so glad she's done because it's been so hard for me not to, like, give her spoilers and stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As I mentioned previously, you know, the things that upset her, like, you know, Dumbledore and and Snape and everything. And it was so hard to not go, it'll be okay. And here's Uh, why, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's been rough. Um, She also read Minecraft Adventures, Flynn's Log 1, Rescue. Island by Stone Marshall. There's hmm. only two of these books, and they're really super light reads. I mean, I think she finished it in one night, but she said that it was really good, so she asked me to get the next book for her. And I got it as a, you know, Kindle freebie, and um, it's like $3.99 now or something like that, but she enjoyed it, so I went ahead and got her the next one, because she's having problems with the whole, you know, when you leave one world uh, after you've been reading a series for so long, and mm-hmm. then it's time to step out into a new world, it's kind of yeah. difficult to figure out where you want to go. Yes, you feel kind of lost for a while there. Yeah, that's where she's at right now, so yep. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that feeling, and I, I will be sympathetic, and I will try to help her 
maneuver her way through that. Cool. And then um, uh, Jack has been reading the readers from his All About Reading program and doing really, really well. I'm super jazzed because it's one of those kind. You know how you, when kids have reader books and they can tell what the sentence is going to be from the picture? So then they're not uh-huh. really reading. They're guessing yeah, based on right. the picture. Can't, right. These ones, you can't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pictures are very ambiguous. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's actually been reading them and I'm so excited. And then he and I together finished the first Jack Stallworth book. And now we're reading the second one, The Search for Sunken Treasure. It's by Elizabeth Hunt. Um, it's the one about the, you know, kid spy thing. And he's got all these fantastic <laughs> yeah. sky, uh, spy gadgets. Um, it's like Clive Cussler novels for eight-year-olds. <laughs> they're really, they're really funny and they're not as obnoxious as the Magic Treehouse. So, <laughs> and then also um, I didn't put it in the show notes, but um, our friend Caroline mentioned to me there's a series of books about a young Jack um, Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yes. And so um, I, I will find those here in just a minute and put them in the show notes because that's what we're going to start reading next. Um, cool. Jack seemed very excited when I mentioned it. I think he just likes characters named Jack. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's reading about me. Yay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How funny. And me, um, I listened to Dancing Barefoot by Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it on the audiobook. Highly recommended as an audiobook because um, Will Wheaton is a fantastic storyteller when he's telling his own stories. Very cool. And I know he wrote books. He does write books. Yeah, I've actually read quite a few. Being a Geek and um, Memories of Future Past and uh, Dancing Barefoot. And the, there's one more that the stories from Dancing Barefoot didn't make it into. And I can't think of what it's called right now. But I highly recommend if you get any books by Will Wheaton that you get the audiobook and listen to it because it's much better that way <laughs> um he just tells his own stories wonderfully cool. and then i read lung Barrow or lung barrow by matt mark platt mm-hmm. any doctor who fans will know that this has been like the holy grail of doctor who books um it's set um in the seventh doctor's um time frame and it tells a lot about the history of time lords how you know about how they don't reproduce anymore and that kind of thing Oh. And um, it is considered by some to be canon, by others not to be. Um, I didn't like it. it. Oh, no. It was incredibly difficult to slog through. Oh, no. And um, I did not enjoy the story, especially considering that the Seventh Doctor is by far my favorite Doctor. Oh, yeah. And I was so excited. to Because this book, like, at one point, it was going on eBay for, like, $200 for, like, a paperback copy of it. Oh, geez. But now that we have the internet, you know, you can find it in PDF format, which is what I, where I found it. And um, it, um, everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and in fact, uh, my apologies, the link that I put in the show notes is for the uh-huh. paperback version, $135. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. So, um I don't recommend it. Check your library. <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't be at the library. Mm. It's one of those that you just like it. The reason why it's so expensive is because it was so difficult to find at one point. But Google the PDF. You'll find it. Don't worry. It's out there. <laughs> if you really want, you know, to like slog through one of the worst Doctor Who stories you've ever read. <laughs> well, Doctor Who, a lo- I, I, I'm not even interested in the books because it seems like like half of the story is the actor's. Like, those people who are playing the part, for me at least, I mean, it just seems like, you know, those act, like, I could not, I'm not interested in the game, because it's not Matt Smith for real, you know, like, I want to 
to see, I don't want to say cartoon of him. I want to see the people. <laughs> yeah. well, now, that being said, though, if you've ever listened to any of the Doctor Who audiobooks, they're actually read by the, and the Torchwood ones, too. They're actually read well, by the actors good. from the show. Right. And so those are really good. But this, yeah, this, yeah. Anyways, enough but about this, Bungaro. But the books came after the show, right? Yes. They weren't. They didn't. See, I don't think books that come after shows usually tend to be very good, at least from my experience. I see, the tor- well, the Torchwood books especially, they're more like a radio drama. And they oh, actually okay. actors are, are like sound effects. And, and you know, it's actually the actors doing their characters and oh, stuff. Cool. So it's really quite good. Um, I also finished Allegiant by Veronica Roth. Um, again, I feel like this book is only as popular as it is because of the whole upsurge in dystopian novels for young adults. The mm. first book was fantastic. The second book, the third book was not good. <laughs> Very much like The Hunger Games. I hated the third book in The Hunger Games, too. Uh. Um, I am uh, finished. Well, I will have finished by the time this goes out. The Android's Dream by John Scalazzi. Um, difficult to get into to begin with, but it's been really good since I stuck it out. Mm. Um, Infinity by Sherilyn Kenyon. Um, anyone who knows Sherilyn Kenyon will know what Infinity is. I don't feel the need to go into that very deeply. <laughs> and Horns by Joe Hill, which um, I have to read before October because the movie's coming out starring Daniel Radcliffe. So and you haven't read that yet? I have not. I, am, I, ah. will, I will literally, uh, it is 8.41 p.m. I will literally have started it by 10 o'clock tonight, I bet you. <laughs> because I've only got, like, like I said on Facebook, I've only got a few pages left yeah. of the Android's dream. And darn me, I got ready too soon. I know. I was like, can <laughs> I finish this before Tina finishes dinner? No, sad. <laughs> but it's okay, because recording this was more important than finishing the book. Of so. course. <laughs> and the minute I finish the Android's dream, I've got horns ready to go. Cool. How about you? What have you guys been reading? Well, let's see. We finished Ben and Me by Robert Lawson. That was the book about Benjamin Franklin and his little mouse friend. That was cute. It was oh, a really yeah, I've quick, read that one. It's a really quick read, and it's cute. And it followed in. I didn't really mean to keep going with the historical fiction, but I had forgotten that I had ordered it. So we, I think we read four historical fictions in a row, my poor kids. My. But they liked it. So <laughs> <laughs> they liked it. It wasn't really int- – I didn't plan it that way. It's just that we kept finding more. So, And the same time period. And right around the 4th of July. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really planned. It just kind of happened that way. But they liked it. So, And then I went into Surviving the Apple Whites. Have you ever read this one? This is a, It's about a homeschool family. No, you and I have talked about it. And yeah, it's it, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, because you've read it before, right? Yes, I read it to myself before. Right, yes. Okay. Because I was looking for books that had homeschoolers in it. A lot of times, the books that have homeschoolers in it are not really much about... And this one, again, wasn't really... It wasn't really showing homeschooling in a normal light. It was showing it in a really quirky, over-the-top, crazy family light. Which, But it was a very likable... Very creative, very artsy-fartsy kind of family. And I liked the family, and it was funny. And Anyway, it's called Surviving the Applewhites by Stephanie S. Tolan. And it's about a boy who um, is like a total juvenile delinquent, and nobody will take him anymore. He's gotten kicked out of all the schools that he's been to. He burnt down one of the schools, and nobody else wants to deal with him anymore. And his grandfather brought him to this family, and they took him in um, to homeschool him with their kids. And they basically unschool him. Except their, well, not youngest, their second youngest daughter, I guess. She's um, really, really super organized, like you. (laughs) And she has a binder, and she plans out her whole education, and she, like, has it all plotted out, and she has it all on paper, and she's really, really, what is that, is that type A? When they're really organized, type A personality. So they brought him in to work with her, so she was going to 
be guiding him with her plan. And then once he figures out what his plan will be, then he could go off on his own. And anyway, through the course of the story, uh, the father is a, um, each person has like their own thing that they do. And the father is a, a musical, um, like a Broadway play director kind of type. They're not Broadway per se, but like that scale, upscale kind of like really, he gets paid to direct plays. Yeah. And, and um, he pulls in the, the boy into the play um, because he's desperate for another. And he heard the kid actually was singing at one point, off, like off in the distance or whatever. And he, darned if he could actually sing. So, <laughs> so he actually got pulled in and then now his whole life changes and everything. And it's just really cool. Quirky. They've got like, I'm fascinated by the home in this book because they live in, a, it used to be like a motor lodge or something. So they live, there's like a main house, but then there's all these little houses around and like they have their aunt and uncle and their grandparents and like, you know, four, three or four kids. And they all live like everybody, like the little, the kids live together with the parents, but like everybody has their own house. It's like on the same property. It's just so cool. They have goats and they have a crazy dog and <laughs> it's just really, really cute. I really liked it a lot. So unfortunately it's again, one of those like extremist kind of homeschooling families, but they're so likable. Like, let it slide <laughs> i like to see more books where homeschooling is just kind of normal it's not like a like the topic <laughs> like this wasn't really the topic per se but like you know just where it's everyday ordinary and they just happen to be homeschooled you know yeah <laughs> those are harder to find but anyway and then we finished the rescuers by marjorie sharp um these are books that i actually have on my shelf that i've read several times i loved them as a kid it's it's the miss like bianca the series mm-hmm, the mouse and uh, they're from like the 19 19- 30s or 40s or something i can't remember maybe it was 50s maybe it's 50s actually but um there's a whole series of miss bianca series nothing like the movie of course uh movies um and it's really 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 good so um and it's written in a really complex way to where i feel like they're learning different language too because <laughs> it's like kind of you know it's not dumbed down for kids at all <laughs> yeah and it's from a different genre or not genre but a different time period so um so we read that. We finished The Rescuer. It's really short books, too. And then we started reading Miss Bianca. So we'll be working on that one next. Um, and then Maven. Nobody's been reading very much lately. She finished The Brightest Night by Tui T. Sutherland, um, which is the last in this series, this dragon series that she re- she's totally into. She keeps asking me, can you check and see if there's no... I'm like, there's no... <laughs> There's no more books in the series. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta wait. <laughs> she started Inkheart, but she lost interest in it. I have no idea how she could lose interest in it, but it wasn't her thing for whatever reason. She she said it was good. She got over halfway through it, but she just like stopped reading it. <laughs> so I had to take it back to the library because it's overdue. So, oh well, well I have to find her something else to read now because she's in between books and I haven't had the time or energy to even think about going to the library and finding something for her. Yeah. And Tyrion just read one book. He read, he finished Grimoire by Brad Strickland. And he really liked that. So I need to get the second book um, of that one for him. And me, I actually have been listening to audiobooks galore. For for me, I've been listening to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read, or I listened to, they're all audiobook while I was purging and cleaning. Um, Stardust by Neil Gaiman, loved hey. it. Um, well, actually, I didn't love the book so much because I think I, I already knew what was going to happen because it really stuck with the story. I mean, the movie stuck with the book, really, pretty closely. Yeah. So I knew everything that was going to happen, which is kind of a bummer. I would have preferred not to know what was going to happen, you know, but all the surprises. <laughs> did you listen to Neil read it? 
Yes. Uh, see, yes. I'll I like to anything voice. he reads. Yeah, he has a good voice. I like him. But I listened to that and it was good. It just wasn't as gr- It would have been better, I think, if I hadn't watched the movie. I had just recently watched the movie again for the oh, second time. So I probably would have been better if it wasn't fresh on my mind. But which usually isn't the case. Usually I still love it. But I don't know. It just felt to me like there was no surprises. So which there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I listened to the, the audiobook of Orange is the New Black by Piper Kerman. Oh, my gosh. Way better than a TV series, of course, not a surprise. <laughs> um, the real true story of this woman in prison is way more interesting than the, the Hollywood version. But, well, I guess it's Netflix, but because <laughs> they produced it. But um, anyway, really good book. Um, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah, right. It is prison after all. <laughs> but it actually wasn't. Like some parts, it felt like it wasn't as intense as that. Like they really played up some parts in the movie because they had to have these graphic scenes, you know. Uh, not movie, TV show. Was it considered a TV show? It's a program, I, think, I, I guess. It's still a TV show because it's because it's like hour one hour. Yeah, uh, they're episode, like episodes, so, but they yeah. all come out on the same day, and you right. Literally, <laughs> and I've watch already them watched them all back to back. Not yes. that I would do that, but. I do. I did it all. I totally did. Well. I mean, I think I watched all of them in three days or two days. Yeah. And it's it's a good show. It's it a is. really good show. I like it. But, um, but yeah, the book was really good. It was really fascinating that, that the woman's actual name is Piper. Yes, it is. <laughs> but her last name is different than the it's character. Yeah. yeah. Instead of Chapman is what she is in the TV show. But, and then I listened to the one, two, three, the third book in, um, the, I always want to say The Wiz. It's not The Wiz. It's The Wicked, Wicked Series. Wicked. <laughs> In The Wicked Series, I read the third book, A Lion Among Men by Gregory McGuire. Did not like that book. Um, it was very long and tedious, and I did not care for the lion. That was all about the lion. By the end, it got good, and I was really glad that I read it because um, there's some things that get wrapped up in some thing, some big reveals at the end of the book. So it's worth listening to because of the reveals at the end, but... <sighs> You had to slog through so much to get to. I was just like, really? Why are you talking about this? It was it was tedious. Out of all the books, that was the most tedious, I think, of all of them. Um, and then the last one, Out of Oz, was so good. <laughs> and it was like way long. It was like 23 CDs. It was huge. Oh, my god! It was literally 28 hours of listening. Oh. I, list, I regularly listen to books that are 35 plus hours. So, well, it was a long book. So I, uh, I re-listened, or not re-listened. I listened to that and finished up the series. So I am done with the Wicked series, and I'll probably listen to it again at some point in the future because I like doing that. But um, so good, highly recommend the Wicked series. Um, just really, really good, and I like how they tied everything up at the end. It was, it was really well done. I think. Cool. So, and then I started, since I'm between books right now, I just started re-listening to Scream Free Parenting because it's one of those books that you should listen to over and over again so you can, in you know, kind of internalize all the stuff. So I'm re-listening to that again. Here and there, I haven't really been very um, dedicated to it. I'm just kind of <laughs> here and there. So so that's what I'm working on right now, and I don't know what I need to find a new book, but um not in a big hurry right now. I'm kind of liking being in between right now since I had so many that I listened to. Yeah. <laughs> so... Being in between books makes me nervous. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I, I I have mixed feelings. It depends on, I suppose, what I finished up last. So mm-hmm. if it was a really, really good book, I really want to go into another really good book usually. But yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of really good books, 
if you're planning on purchasing any of the books we mentioned from Amazon or Audible, consider clicking through our affiliate links on the sidebar of our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supply, Kerclick, and more. It won't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. Yep. Yay. Yay. What is your link of the week, Becky? My link of the week is very focused on um, learning to read. It is um, blog.maketake.com teach.com she um, creates all sorts of wonderful and super super pretty looking um, uh, printables for learning to read Um, if you saw on our Instagram earlier this week the word family sliders that I made came from her Mm -hmm. and I just absolutely love all the stuff she makes it's super pretty and I want one of everything (laughs) and um, Jack did the word family sliders today he did five of them and he did fantastically and he actually seemed like you know it wasn't you know horrible for him to do so um blog.maketaketeach.com it's all learning to read stuff very cool yeah what about you what's your link this week well i recently heard on some facebook group that i was on about the magic school bus science club have you ever heard of this actually that's the monthly club thing yeah yeah i totally have I am so intrigued, so I need to check it out. Um, I have a link in here. I searched around the web, and I'm not positive this is the... Yeah, I guess you do order it on this website. So I was trying to figure out if it was on the Scholastic website, but it's on the youngscientistsclub.com website. Um, It's theyoungscientistsclub.com forward slash themagicschoolbus, and that'll get you to the science club. And it's really cool. I'm looking at this picture here. It's got so much cool stuff that comes with it, it looks like, all kinds of materials. Um, It says that each manual is based on the the series, on one of the books. So that... uh, um, um, and, of course, uh, the books all have their own TV show, too. So you could read the book, watch the show, and do the kit. So I'm really intrigued with this because my kids have really gotten into science, um, to the Magic School Bus Science recently. Um, well, this summer. Not real recent. But yeah. <laughs> uh, this summer they were really into watching the Magic School Bus. So um, I would love to have some activities to be able to go with it. Now, I haven't been able to figure out. Let's see. There must be on here somewhere what the age group is because I... The kids in, okay, I was just going to say the kids in the picture look younger than Maven, so probably it's too young for Maven. But where did you see that? I'm like looking on here. You have like hawk eyes or something. Actually, <laughs> I, I apologize. It's it's five plus. It's the Young Scientist series um, that's oh, okay. five to 12. Oh, okay. I had my little things mixed up. Well, you are very, uh, very good at zoning in on those things, though. I cannot <laughs> find the information. But anyway... um. Yeah, it's, it just looks really cool, and I am really interested if anybody who's listening to this has has gotten these before, I would love for you to put a comment on the on this, um, sh- on this the show notes here on our website um, for this episode so I can see what you think of them, if they're any good, because I've never tried them before. I really want to check them out. I'm looking for cool ideas for fun science stuff to do with my kids this year, so... The, this episode will be 45, so it will be SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 45. Leave a, leave a comment and let us know if you know about this science club and what you think. Cool. So now it's some time for some listener recognition. First we have from Facebook. Katie said, I just discovered your podcast on iTunes. Episode one is playing while I do a marathon laundry folding session. Thanks for keeping me company. You're very welcome, Katie. 
Yes, very cool. And I'm sorry for episode one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like every time I anyone says anything about episode one, I just sort of shake my head and go, oh, no. Well, they did. When I listened to Dave Jackson, the podcast or the school of podcasting guru, uh, he always says you will always hate your episode. Your first couple episodes will just be there's just no way around it. So yeah. I expected that it's just <laughs> going to be garbage because, you know, we are still learning. Not that we're fabulous now, but I think we're better. We are fabulous now. Yeah. We are fantastic now we just didn't know yeah we were just very nervous I don't yeah I we, we were, were very fa- nervous we were fabulous then too we were just super nervous yeah we were very nervous I would didn't I don't know why because it's just us talking it's just it's right. just nerve-wracking when you know other people are going to listen so. exactly <laughs> so uh Marina said hi and this is also on Facebook hi lovely ladies I had to write a fan post I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and I can't get enough Really? That's cool. Um, We live in rural Australia, and I homeschool our two lovely children, Sebastian, 9, and Genevieve, 11. I love the chatty part of your podcast, although sometimes it does make me think, hmm, we should have done that. I'm a terrible mother. Oh, please, don't think that. That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) We all think that when we read other things or listen to other things, but it's not true. Exactly. Yes. So far from your advice, we have found new reading material for my reluctant readers and fallen completely in love with Crash Course on YouTube. Yay! I love Crash Course. Uh, So thank you for all the work you put into creating the show. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Living in the middle of nowhere is wonderful, but I have started talking to myself more than is probably healthy. Laugh out loud. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) And I don't live in the middle of nowhere. I still talk to myself. (laughs) So I feel like I've made two new friends. Well, three, if you count friending Deborah Marcus after you interviewed her. (laughs) That's hysterical. Yeah, Deborah's cool. Love the show. Don't change a thing. Enjoy your summer. It's 10 degrees Celsius up in the hills of our farm in Queensland. What is that here? I'm looking. That is Fahrenheit. I was going to say, you're probably Googling it, right? Yes. 10 degrees has got to be, I'm guessing that's hot. (laughs) Actually, I think it's cold. It's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that's cold. Goodness. Okay. Yeah, it's winter there when it's summer here. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I should know that. My brother was an exchange student in Australia for a year, so I should remember that, but I forgot. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. It's 10 degrees Celsius up in the hills of our farm in Queensland. If your kids would like to see our farm, you can check out our life here at my Facebook page, The Glamorous Milkmaid. Nice. I'll put that link in the show notes. That sounds like fun. Keep being awesome, your fan, Marina. Thank you, Marina. Thank that was you, Marina. very sweet. Sweet. I like that. Yes. And Marina, I'd also like to thank you for your review on iTunes. Yes. Yes. That was awesome. Hmm. And then also on Facebook, Carol said, I just wanted to say thank you for all the great resources you share on your podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) A while ago, you talked about mango languages. Well, what do you know? My library has it. (laughs) My daughter, age nine, and I started taking Japanese this week, and we've really enjoyed it. Cool. Sure, we can only say what a lovely day, but it's better than nothing. (laughs) I love that. And I love that it's free. Thanks so much for all you guys do. I look forward to each podcast. Love the book recommendations, links of the weeks, the show notes, the everything. Very cool. Thank you. 
And from the website, Chi-Chi said, of course, Chi-Chi, we love you, Chi-Chi. Yes. Like our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've just started listening to the podcast, but I had to go find out what Electro Swing is. And boy, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> She's talking about the episode where we talked. Was that last episode? That was our last episode, yes. 44, where we talked about Electro Swing, because I just discovered Electro Swing. Go back to episode 44 to see the video that I embedded on that. Uh, or we, you embedded. <laughs> Somebody embedded. <laughs> it was embedded. <laughs> It was embedded, and it's a really cool kid dancing to this Electro Swing song. I still get all like, I want to get up and dance when I hear that music. I've been listening to it a lot lately. Actually, I made a channel on uh, on uh, Pandora for Electro Swing music, and it's nice. awesome. Very nice. So, very cool. So I think that covers everything that we were going to talk about today. I think so. Turn off my alarm. <laughs> something in the background goes boing, boing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my medicine alarm. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared on this episode and a view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And you can find the notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 45. Yep, and while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or or a voicemail. And let us know if you have any ideas for show topics or guests. And how you like our new format. Yes, that too. Well, goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. Come back and take a break again with us next time. Bye. Bye. In this episode, the moms share part two of their interview. In- interview? <laughs> 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 that interview? <laughs> I don't think that's right. Where is it? There it is. I am recording, you know. <laughs> I can hear that. Yes. So he keeps going. <laughs> Record me playing drums. I am recording, and we're just not officially starting the show yet. Can I be in the bloopers? Can you be in the bloopers? <laughs> What's the blooper? I know, but what are you going to do for a blooper? <laughs> oh, that's Adam doing that? Yes. Oh, God, I thought it was Tyrion. I was like, boy, he's being a little ornery, isn't he? <laughs> No, that's my honorary husband. Oh, that makes sense then. <laughs> Alright, please leave the room, please. All all three of you go. You're banished. Banished it. Tyrion. Maven. Go. Tyrion, I turned on the server for you. Go, leave. <laughs> A little dramatic, are we? Oh yes, always. <laughs> I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're savvy. Property that property. did not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start talking too. I did. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I said he liked that one. <laughs> <laughs>